Abraham is going to meet the Lord. And in his going to meet him, uh, there is an expectation. And so in that, before he even begins climbing the mountain, he lights the fire. They gather the firewood. They gather everything that is going to be needed for that sacrifice. It's the same when we go to church. When we come even in 2023, uh, we bring in a sacrifice. We're already carrying everything that is needed to offer a sacrifice unto the Lord. We're not arriving at a service and trying to get our head together. You know, and I'm not saying that there are times that sometimes we come into the service and there is a condition uh, or a pre-existing condition. But for the most part, even with a pre-condition, a pre-existing condition, we are still looking for God to do something. Is that right? We're looking for God to move in a certain way and to fix whatever that condition is. And so uh, he is a God that, that handles pre-existing conditions, uh, unlike some medical uh, benefits which had to be uh, voted on and put into order that they would uh, service preconditional existing uh, conditions. And so um, when we come into the house of God, we're bringing in the sacrifice of praise. And I know I started off by asking a question if there was a song on your heart or praise to give unto God. And so we're going to go into the word of God, the book of Mark, the ninth chapter. I want to direct your attention to the book of Mark, the ninth chapter. The ninth chapter. And while you're turning there, I'm going to begin reading uh, this particular verse. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some, that there be some of them that stand here, which shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. Jesus is very clear in what he is saying. That there are those that are present, those that are there in the assembly, that will not see death. They're not going to die yet until they see the kingdom of God come with power. That should spark some questions. I'm one that, that, that as you read the word of God, there should be some questions. There should be not only questions, but there is, the Bible said those that, that teach and communicate in the word, uh, that you should uh, be communicating with them. So there should always be some sort of communication regarding the word of God and the meaning of it. It doesn't mean that the pastor has every answer. 
It doesn't mean that some with uh, PhDs have an answer. Some that are considered theologians and commentaries certainly don't always have a correct answer. But there is an answer to what God is saying. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here, which shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. We're looking for the power in which Jesus spoke about on that day to those that were standing there. There should be some expectation, not just a, I, I'm in service and this is a ritual, but there's an expectation. We go to work and we have an expectation. That expectation is that I'm putting in a certain number of hours and I'm going to be rewarded for what I've done. Well, when we come to the house of God, I'm looking to be rewarded. Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, in Genesis 15 and 1, that he's what? He's our shield and our exceeding great reward. That's not something we should ever forget. He's our protector and he is our greatest asset. So some of them standing there would not see death until they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. And after six days, Jesus talked with Peter, James, and John and led them up into a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. So there was a space of time, about a week, about six days, about six days that went by, and there was a conversation that was going on. And no doubt in my mind that the conversation may have been a continuation about what to expect, that there was an expectancy uh, and there was a buildup leading to uh, this conversation. And that started out talking about the power and the kingdom of God. And those that were present would not see or experience death until they have experienced the power of the kingdom of God. And. The Bible said that after those six days, James, John, Peter, uh, that he led them up to a certain place, led them up to a mountain, led them up without anyone else. So the other, uh, the other disciples did not go. There is a difference Thank you, Jesus. Let me let me put it this way. Everybody 
is not going to receive the same thing at the same time. Now you have to think, uh, you have to question uh, why the other nine were not allowed to go. Why did Jesus just take Peter, James, and John? Why? Now, when we teach and we talk, uh, sometimes we can't give everything to everyone. And so there are those that may be set aside to receive, and then after they receive it, they give it to others. The Lord told Peter, he said, Peter, the devil uh, is desiring to sift you like wheat. He, he already asked. He's already asked, can he, can he mess you up? He's already asked, can, can, he, can he buffet you? He's already asked. Uh, that he can m disrupt the flow of things in your life. And he told him, I've already prayed for you. So, obviously he was not told no. And Jesus told Peter, I've already prayed for you. In other words, you're going to go through some things. You're going to deal with some stuff. But afterwards, I want you to strengthen the brethren. After you have learned the lesson that, it, that you're going to learn, you're going to help someone else. Peter, James, John, after you learn the lesson, after you hear what is going to be done after you after after it's all come to light uh, then you're going to help someone else that is the purpose it's not to make peter james and john feel that they're above everybody uh, but to help them understand that there is a responsibility that is coming along your way you know, in, in, on Spider-Man, uh, what is on Spider-Man? They say when uh, something about power comes great responsibility or something like that. Is that what it says? With great power comes um, great responsibility. Well, great power comes great responsibility. Okay, with the power, with the authority, comes a responsibility. Maybe they get that from. Uh, just an observation from reading the word of God. I'm going to say they, that somewhere along the line, someone understood that then as well as now. Responsibility. So now Peter, James, and John has a responsibility. <clears throat> so the Bible tells us, and after six days, Jesus talked with him, Peter, talk with James, John, and led them up to a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured. He was changed. There's a transfiguration that is occurring even right now in our lives. Yes. 
Jesus was transfigured before them. But this wasn't the first because there is a continual transfiguration that is occurring in our lives. Well, where, did, where did you get that from, Pastor? Where, where did you get that? that word? Well, the Bible said, be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Be transformed. The Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So that means that the way we thought yesterday, the day before, or last year, or five years ago should have changed by now. It should have changed. We should not have the same thoughts, the same attitude that we had a year ago. It should have changed because there is a constant renewing. There is a constant transformation. There is a constant replacement. There is a constant seeing and receiving of God. It's never God's intention that we stay in the same place as we were yesteryear. The third verse says, and he, his remnant became shining, exceeding white as snow. So as no fuller on earth can whiten them. So there was nobody that could make uh, that garment as white as what they had seen. They've never seen nothing so brilliant before. Some, nothing so illuminating before. I, I, I've seen illumination before. When I was in uh, some years ago, I... I came across a friend and his countenance was illuminating. And I said, man, I said, you, you, I don't remember the exact words, but I said, but I, I know I said, you get baptized. And he said, yes, it was that obvious. He said, I just got baptized Sunday. There was an illumination about him and people write that up as a halo, but this man had the glory, the same glory that I saw on Mother Jones the day before she stepped out of time into eternity. That I looked across the room and saw a illumination on her. And I said, wow, I said, that's my mother. And the next day she was gone. No illumination, <laughs> the Shekinah glory, <laughs> transfiguration appearing on you doesn't mean that you're about to leave here. But it is a sign. It shows that God is with you. His remnant became shining. Shining. I've also seen people that have committed sin. And there was a darkness about them. I've even heard others testify uh, and say that uh, after a certain hideous crime had occurred that there was a certain darkness about the individual. Their skin seemed darker than what it was normal. And if you've, if you've worked in, in law enforcement or anything like that, you may understand and know exactly what I'm talking about, what I'm referring to. The Bible said that 
It was white as snow so that no fuller, no one can make it. And there appeared unto them Elijah and Moses. And they talked with Jesus. Now, we didn't have, they did not have a Polaroid. They did not have a Kodak. They did not have any type of camera uh, device that we have today in order to take a picture of Elijah and or Moses. Excuse me. Thank you. They didn't have a picture. I can take a picture of you right now, which I have many pictures of. And could go back and look at those pictures, laugh at some of them, say, oh, how adorable, you know, and how good we look together when we take pictures together. But they didn't have a picture of Elijah or Moses. How did they know who they were? The Bible didn't say that Jesus, that that. Uh, come here. Thank you. Can I, can I use you? I can use you? Okay. The Bible didn't say that that when the cloud came down and transfigured. That was a moment there. Okay. The cloud came down and transfigured. Wait a minute, that was something right now. The cloud came down and transfigured that Jesus said, uh, Peter, James, and John, this is Elijah's. Or did he come down and say, well, and, and Peter, James, and John, and this is Moses. It, it didn't say that. So how did they know that this was Elijah's? Well, how did they know that this was Moses? Do you have any idea? No? Okay, thank you. <laughs> how did they know who they were? Without being told. Without being introduced. There's something about our spirits and the connection that we have with God that identifies who we are and what we are, saint or sinner. Yes, yes. The Bible said we will know them even as they are known. Can you Google that? Find that scripture. We will know them even as they are known. So there is a connection of the spirit, not the visual, because you physically see them. But there's a connection spiritually that we know them even as they are known. And there appeared unto them Elijah and Moses 
and they talked with Jesus. Now, remember, Elijah and Moses have been dead for many years, many, many years. They've been gone off the scene. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. He's gone. But here he is, and he did not go into the promised land because of something that he did. You have to look back at, okay, well, wait a minute. Moses, you did something, and it did not allow you to obtain the promise. He was saved, but he did not obtain a particular promise. He did not get it. Elijah's, how did Elijah leave here? Elijah. Elijah left here. How did he leave? We know Moses died. And the Bible said that, that, that there's no place to find his body. I'm not going dig, to dig up his grave like they dig up the um, Pharaoh's graves. What do it say? For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Okay. So there are, so the half has not been told. What do I say again? For now, we see through a glass. For now, right now, this is, we see through a glass. We're, we're looking, there's something in between us and the complete vision of things. So for now, we look through a glass. We, we're limited in what we see, our vision, what we see. Read. Darkly. And we see through, it's dark, it's not clear. We're not catching everything. We're getting glimpses of things. Uh-huh. But then, face to face. But then. Now, when is the face to face? When does that occur? When does the face to face actually occur? Beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him. That's when the face-to-face -face occurs. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. That is when the face-to-face -face occurs. When he shall appear, and we're transformed. We're going to be transformed. When we are transformed, what is changed? Hmm? I heard something. When transformation takes place, what will be changed? Is it our spirit or is it our body? Huh, what'd you say? Body. Body, thank you. I owe you for that. Our body will be changed, not our spirit. Our spirit is supposed to be transformed right now. 
That's why we're here. That's what we're that's why we're going through all that we're going through. So wait a minute, wait a minute. So you mean that that the the distress that I have, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. It's working, it's something it's working something out of you. Because see, now that when you overcome distress, then that means that you can no longer you will no longer deal with that the way that you deal with it now because you overcome that. That's that ain't gonna stress me out. Anxiety, I, I'm not gonna be overcome by anxiety because I've already dealt with that. that. That ain't nothing. That's a walk in the park. Everything that we deal with right now, we will no longer deal with it in that way and on that level in that day. What do it say? Now I know in part. I know in part. I got an ideal of it. Uh-huh. But then shall I know even as also. Then in that moment, I'm going to know also. Read. I am known. I'm going to know also as I am known. My spirit. My spirit man. The connection of my spirit with the connection of everyone else's spirit is done how? How is that connection made? By what? You don't know? He, he told me he don't know. How is that connection made? We all have souls. The Bible said that, that all souls are mine. So all of us that are alive right have a soul right now. But there's something that makes a connection and it's not the soul. What is going to connect us in the kingdom of God? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. So if you don't have the Holy Ghost, there's no connection. There will not be a connection. Pastor, what did you get? Read Ephesians. The Bible said that as many that, that, are, that have the Spirit of God, that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We can't ignore that the Bible is telling us that there is a necessity there lies a necessity that everyone don't want to adhere to. Uh, I, I hear the, the radio um, um, music and say your own personal Jesus. And that's what people want. They want their own personal Jesus that complies with them. Not that we're complying with him, but that, but that he complies to us. And there appeared unto them Elijah and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. They were talking with Jesus. The prophets were talking with Jesus. Moses was talking with Jesus. Elijah was talking to the Lord. And Peter answered and said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. I'm so glad we were here to see this. 
I'm so glad that we were present. One, and let us make three tabernacles. Let's make three tabernacles. We're going to make a tabernacle for Elijah. We're going to make a tabernacle for Moses. And we're going to make a tabernacle for Jesus. For you, Lord, we're going to make a tabernacle. Let us make three tabernacles. And the reason he said this was because he was afraid. He didn't know what else to do. I, I don't think the word afraid even truly describes what may have been experiencing, what he may have been experiencing in that moment. But he was scared. You know, we, we, was with some, we had that phrase that, that something scare you to death or something scare you to, in this instance, scare you to life. I've been scared to life. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them. Now, in the, in the midst of this, now, they're inside of a cloud. This is what it's described as. I'm going to, it's a cloud that is overshadowing them, that, that they're inside of. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Elijah's time has come. He's, he's done what he's supposed to do. Moses' time had came and gone. He did what he was supposed to do. But Jesus, hear him. Now, when you look back at the, uh, the Pharisees and the scribes and uh, the other religious sect, they always referred back to our fathers. Well, where, where are the seeds of Abraham? You know, and our fathers did this. And our fathers did that. But your fathers are dead and gone. They served the Lord. And some of you killed them because you did not want to believe what they were saying. You didn't want to hear what they were saying. So you killed them. Hardness of your heart. Even though you want to talk about Moses. Moses gave us a bill of divorce. We can divorce anytime we want to. And the Lord let them know that was because of the hardness of your heart. You didn't want to listen. And so to, to try to protect you, he gave you a bill of divorce. Listen. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he was not what to say. He was so afraid. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. And suddenly, suddenly, when they had looked around about, they saw no man anymore save Jesus only with themselves. Let's keep our focus on Jesus. 
Keep the focus on the Lord. We can think about Elijah. We can think about Moses. We can think about previous. We can think about everything else. But our focus should be on our focus, our focus should be on the Lord. Our focus should be on Jesus. When they looked around, they saw nothing else. They saw no one else but Jesus. Our focus should not be on anything else. Keep the focus on Jesus. The Bible tells us that whatever we do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus. When we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. Everything we do, every facet, the focus should be on Jesus. Uh-huh. The focus should be on, just like when we have work, the focus is on whatever, where you're working for Ford Motor Company, your focus is on handling your business there, your focus is on, uh, you work at T-Mobile, your focus is on there, uh, you know, and, and at the core of your heart, you're, you're living a sanctified life. Our focus is on Jesus and nothing else. No one else except the Lord. He said, no man will come unto the Father except by me. There's no other way. There is no other way to get to God except through Jesus Christ. If you have any questions, please let me know. Visit ConnectingTruth.org and submit your question and we will address it openly on the air. Be blessed.